mighty in grace, mighty in power. And Lord, we receive you now. This is your house. We're your people. And we are here together to be transformed today by your presence. Come, speak to us, Lord, now. Living word in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, bud. How you doing? Let's come right back here and find our family. All right, good. Ah, it is so good to be here in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. I'm sorry, I said it's good to be here in the house of the Lord today. Amen? Amen? All right. Well, we are delighted that you have joined us for this very special celebration service day. And um, I have been, I've had a word stirring in my heart for months, almost since I preached the theme message, The Year of Return. And so there's just deep stirring in my soul, and I'm just asking the Lord to be able to give me the clarity to speak this forth concisely and clearly. And so I'm going to try to speak concisely, and you try to listen carefully. And maybe together, God will be able to help us um, get where we need to go this morning. How many of you figured out that you're here at Bethel Christian Fellowship today? Anybody figured out? You're at Bethel Christian Fellowship, all right. House of Prayer for All Nations, well, we have a brand new logo that we would like to introduce to you this morning, made by our very own Dwayne Perry. And so here it is, the unveiling. Woo! Yeah! All right. Dwayne, stand up so we can embarrass you as you... Come on. This is a great job. Yeah! So you're going to start seeing that showing up on stuff. And uh, every time you see that, you should be reminded of the mosaic, the open door, the house, the prayer, the all nations favor and blessing of the Lord. Amen. Here at Bethel Christian Fellowship, we have a very specific calling. I'm going to remind you of that right now. Our calling is to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. Two scriptures that inform this calling. First is from Isaiah 35. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the rose. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. This scripture was given to us prophetically by one of our first pastors, actually the second pastor of the church, Pastor Helen Jepson. She spoke it at the very end of her life as she was exiting from, um, from Bethel Christian Fellowship as the pastor. She prayed this as a blessing over the congregation and said Bethel would be like a rose blooming in the desert. And we have believed that that has been a prophetic word that has nourished us for 50 years. Isaiah 56, 6 and 7 is a scripture that the Lord gave us more recently, about 15 years ago. In fact, about the time that Dan and Sandy Sandy Adler were beginning their journey with Heart of the City, we were beginning a journey as a congregation to become an intercultural church. And uh, over over these last 15 years, here's one of the things that I've really sensed happen, particularly this past six months. In January, I felt like we crossed over a line. 
We crossed from this being an aspirational vision to being an incarnational reality. From something we were reaching towards to something that we're living out from. And in Isaiah 56 it says, Foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve Him, to love the name of the Lord and to worship Him, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now I want you to notice, people, that when it says foreigners, it's not talking about non-American-born people. Because this wasn't written to an American collection of believers. We are all, we're foreigners and aliens, separated from Christ. But by His mercy and grace, from wherever we have come from, from whatever background, from whatever nation, from whatever tongue, whatever tribe, whatever culture, whatever education, whatever intelligence, whatever ever that we have, we together have been called together to be this house of prayer. Amen? Now embedded in this calling are three strands of DNA that are very important to understanding who we are. That help us to understand our identity and our destiny. First, there is inviting hospitality. We are a place to belong. A growing intercultural community welcoming strangers to become friends. My sincerest desire and prayer today and this, this day is that if you have come into this house, that you have experienced the welcoming of the Lord. Because this is a place for you to belong. Intimate spirituality, a place to believe, a joyful community, passionately pursuing God and hosting His presence. I'm going to talk a lot more about that in a moment. An intentional missionality, a place to become. A life-giving community, living out God's mission to reach all peoples. Those three things, hospitality, spirituality, missionality, are the three strands that make up this calling as we belong and believe and become. In this year of return, I believe that the Lord is specifically drawing our attention to the second of those threads of DNA and destiny, our identity and destiny, to passionately pursue God and host His presence. So I want to talk about that for just a moment, and I want to remind you of some prophetic impartation that we've received over the last many years, for about 10 years now, Haggai chapter 2 has been very, very important for our life together as a congregation. The, the last part of this prophetic word, verses 6 to 9, says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Now there are two things embedded in this particular prophetic impartation that we've been looking at for the last several years, actually. First is the word shift. 
I will once more shake. And in that, we have discovered that there are two specific applications to that. One is there's a dislodging and a repositioning that must happen in our lives. And that is something that God has been faithfully doing in our lives for the last several years. He has shifted and shaken us and He has dislodged us and He is in the process of repositioning us corporately as a congregation and He's doing it in many of your individual lives as well. Yes? You can bear witness to that. Along with that dislodging and repositioning, there is also an intensifying and an accelerating that's happening. There's an intensification, an acceleration of the work of the Spirit of God in our midst. We are seeing that right now lived out before our very eyes. I don't know how many of you were here at the baptism just a few minutes ago, but we had nine people baptized this morning. That deserves a shout. Hallelujah. We are seeing an intensification, an acceleration of what the Lord is doing in our midst. The second word that's connected to this last part of Haggai 2 is the word expect. The glory will be greater. The, that, now, I just was reading something. I, I, I love this picture. This is very important. When we think about the glory of God, sometimes it's sort of an abstract com- concept to us. But I just heard it explained like this, and I think this is so helpful. I, I was reading, and, 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 and this, the writer said, the glory of God really literally means the density of the Lord. That it, glory literally at its root means density. It, it is weight. We know that it means weight. But it also has to do with this density. And the, the more dense that we experience the presence, you know, something that's very dense is magnetic and draws to itself. And the glory of the Lord, as it increases among us, the density of God in our midst, the weight of His presence among us, causes within us an expectation to grow in our spirits and in our hearts. For we experience more fully who He is. And as we know Him more, we experience His goodness and His grace and His favor in greater and greater measure in our lives. I believe this is a time The Lord is saying, I'm going to shake. Once more, I'm going to shake. And the glory is going to be greater. It's what I long for. This is what I long for. As your pastor and as your friend, I long for the weight of his presence among us. To host his presence. Seven years ago, we received a prophetic word from Will Ford III. Will Ford is a friend of Dutch Sheets and some other 
well-known prophetic folks. And the word that he shared with us, the last portion, he had a dream, and it's in our prophetic book, which is in the back, and also in the uh, prayer room if you want to look at the whole thing. I think this is very, very important. At the very end, he says this. This is his application of the dream that he saw. He said, I believe people will come to Bethel Christian Fellowship and have Bethel encounters like Jacob when he saw heaven opened and angels ascending and descending. More importantly, he saw the face of God in this dream encounter and his life was changed forever. My prayer is that Bethel Christian Fellowship becomes the gate of heaven in, to Minnesota and this nation and a Jacob generations connect generation connects to the God of their Christian fathers. Could it be that God wants to make this fellowship a place where young and old will come together and say, surely this is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. Does that sound all right? Amen. Last year when our apostolic overseer, Dale Van Steenis, was here with us, He had a very simple but powerful word that stayed with me and has stayed with us. And he said this, BCF is being called to host the presence of God. In response to this, I want to bring you for a moment into some prophetic instruction from the book of Ezekiel. This will not take long. But listen carefully and go back and read. I, I just reread through Ezekiel. Uh, by the way, saturate might be done, but that doesn't mean immersing yourself in the Scriptures over for the summer. We're just taking a break until the fall, but we're not taking a break from the Word of God. Okay. Just had to say that. If you look at Ezekiel, you'll find that in the first three chapters of Ezekiel, the glory of the Lord arrives. And here is a little bit of how that's pictured. In the 30th year, in the 4th month, on the 5th day, while it was among the exiles by the Kabar River, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. And I looked, and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning, and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And it goes on to describe the presence of the Lord in great detail and it's incredible and it's powerful and I encourage you and I invite you to read it. But I want you to notice here that there is a manifestation of wind and fire. There's this manifestation what what did I do here? Of wind and fire that comes when the presence of the Lord arrives. Oops, I'm going to go back one. All right. Today, anybody know what today is? What? Pentecost Sunday. What were the manifestations that were present on Pentecost Sunday? What? Wind and fire. Those are signals of the presence of the Lord arriving, the glory of the Lord coming. What does wind speak of? Wind speaks of life and power. What does fire speak of? It speaks of purification and revelation. And when the Spirit of God comes 
in the weight of His glory, it always is accompanied by His life and by His power and by His purification and by His revelation. You can expect it in your life. You start praying dangerous prayers like, Lord, come. He's going to come. With His wind and with His fire. Going on now. As the Lord comes in and arrives on the scene, Ezekiel describes him and he says, I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal as if full of fire. And that from there down, he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounded him, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell face down and I heard the voice of one speaking. Notice Ezekiel's response, which is the response of awe and submission. God, deliver us from casually, casually being before you. But God, in the fullness, when the weight of your glory comes, bring us to the place. As it says in your word, He lives not only in a high and lofty place, but with those who are humble and contrite of heart and those who tremble at His Word. God, bring us to trembling at Your Word. Jesus. Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord lifted me up. And I heard behind me a loud rumbling sound. May the glory of the Lord be praised in His dwelling place. The sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against each other. The sound of the wheels beside them a loud rumbling sound. The Spirit then lifted me up and took me away and I went in bitterness and the anger in my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord upon me and I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Aviv near the Kabar River and there they were living and I sat among them for seven days overwhelmed. The result of the presence of the Lord arriving when the Spirit, when the presence of God came, the glory of the Lord arrived on the scene. Ezekiel was sent and empowered to do the work that he was called to do. Pastor Sam and I just completed preaching a series, 3G, the Gospel Network, the Great Commandment, the Great Commission, and the Great Concern. Those flow out of the great glory of God. That's the 4G, by the way. Is the great glory of His presence that commissions us to do what He's called us to do. All right. As you read the book of Ezekiel, something else begins to take place, though. The glory of the Lord departs. In chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, all the way through 10, 22, you see the glory of the Lord departing. And in verse 12, it tells us one of the reasons that 
the glory of the Lord departs. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the darkness, each at the shrine of his own idol? They say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. The issue here is idolatry. And people were not simply talking about graven images from people who lived thousands of years ago. But there are idols in your and my houses. Things that we look to for affection. Things that we look to for affirmation. Things that we look to for security. Things that we look to for satisfaction. Whatever it is that we place above the Lord Jesus Christ in our life can become an idol. Even good things can become idols. Do you understand this? The issue is one of idolatry. The Lord doesn't see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. In Ezekiel 9.9, he answered me. The Lord speaking to Ezekiel, and I don't have time to do all of the in-between parts. You're going to have to go back and read it yourself. But take notes and take note of these things and go back and read the context around them. He answered me, the sin of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great. The land is full of bloodshed and the city is full of injustice and they say the Lord has forsaken the land the Lord does not see and God we live have mercy upon us we live in a culture that says the Lord doesn't see the injustice but I'm telling you today the Lord does see He does see. He sees idolatry and he sees injustice. And he speaks to us as he spoke to Ezekiel. And he says, Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says repent. Turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. When any Israelite or any alien living in Israel separates himself from me and sets up idols in his heart, see where the idols are in his heart and puts a wicked stumbling block before his face and then goes to a prophet to inquire of me, I, the Lord, will answer him myself. I will set my face against that man and make him an example and a byword. I will cut him off from my people. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Then the people of Israel will no longer stray from me, nor will they defile themselves anymore with all their sins. They will be my people, and I will be their God, declares the Sovereign Lord. The instruction that we are given is to repent and return. There is no other way. There is no other answer. You can't rationalize your way around it. You can't cover up your eyes and say, or put the blanket over your head and say, God doesn't see. God sees. He sees our hearts. He sees our land. He sees idolatry and injustice. And He says, repent and return. and return. In Ezekiel 43, one of the most powerful passages in this whole book, 
The Spirit of the Lord, the glory of the Lord returns. Listen to what Ezekiel says. The vision I saw was like the vision I'd seen when he came to destroy the city and like the visions I'd seen by the Kabar River and I fell face down and the glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And while the man was standing beside me, I heard someone speaking to me from inside the temple and he said, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet. This is where I will live among the Israelites forever. The house of Israel will never again defile my holy name. Neither will they nor their kings by their prostitution and the lifeless idols of their kings at their high places. Now underline this in your heart. When they place their threshold next to my threshold and their doorposts beside my doorposts, with only a wall between me and them. They defiled my holy name by their detestable practices, so I destroyed them in my anger. Now that let them put away from me their prostitution and the lifeless idols of their kings, and I will live among them forever. Here is the issue. The issue is that in our hearts, there are walls of partition where we set up our threshold next to His, our doorposts, next to his doorpost. And we say, God, you can have this part of my life, but this part is mine. And we set up and we compartmentalize our lives between the sacred and the secular. And we, and we, we somehow live in this dichotomy in our spirit and in our heart. But I want you to know the Bible describes those as strongholds or double-mindedness. And the Lord, when he returns, desires to break down those dividing walls within our minds and in our hearts. Hello? Son of man, describe the temple to the people of Israel that they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider the plan and if they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangements, its exits and entrances, its whole design, its regulations and laws. Write these down before them so they may be faithful to its design and follow all the regulations. This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. The response that we must make as the glory of the Lord begins to return into our lives, is to receive His holy presence, to welcome His light, to welcome His truth, to welcome His fire, to welcome His wind, to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes! 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 Come! Come! Pastor Sam and I have been talking and praying about this summer. And at BCF Minneapolis and BCF St. Paul, we're going to be beginning a new sermon series next, starting next Sunday. It's going to take us through the majority of the summer. And the series that we are going to be doing together is called U-Turn, Breaking Through Roadblocks to Life. And we're going to allow the word of the Lord to speak to those walls of partition in our lives. Does that sound all right to you? Because you know what? It's a year of return and we want to U-turn and return to Him so that we can live in the fullness. I don't want to live 
in that lesser place. I want to live in the fullness of his life. He has come to bring life and life to the what? Life to what? Life to the? Full. He wants to bring life to the full. As you get to the end of Ezekiel, we're coming in for a landing right now. The glory of the Lord remains. I love this. And from the last several chapters of Ezekiel and with Ezekiel 47 and the river and all those passages that we love and know so well, the very last piece of the book, the very last sentence of the book of Ezekiel is this in Ezekiel 48, verse 35. And the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. That's hosting the presence of the Lord. The glory of the Lord remains. About three weeks ago, when Dale Van Steenis was here, the last night he was with our youth and young adults, And the presence of the Lord came among us. Sorry. And at the end, it was just Pastor Ben and I back in the fellowship hall. Just basking in the presence of the Lord. I literally wanted to just get out a pillow and lay down and stay there. I didn't even... I mean, I love coming home to my wife and my family, believe me. But I just wanted to stay there. So I didn't want to leave. His presence was so powerful. And as we were there before the Lord, the Lord spoke to my heart prophetically, as clearly as I know how to hear from God. And it came through, and it's like, like Ezekiel was describing, and like, like Acts describes in other places where the voice of the Lord is like the sound of many waters. That's all they can describe it to you. It was like this roaring in my spirit. And I heard the Lord speak these words. The zeal of the Lord is here. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish. He will not be denied. My heart leapt with joy. Because it wasn't simply that he's coming or one day will. No, he's here and he will accomplish and he will not be denied. So this summer, in response to this, in addition to the U-Turn sermon series, last year we did 90 days of community. This year, through this summer, through 9-11, we are focusing on 90 days in His presence. 
passion, power, pursuit. If you have your bulletin on the backside of where you've been taking sermon notes, are the ways in which you can enter into this time. And Dan and Sandy and Heart of the City, would you come on up? Pursuing God personally, be consistent in personal prayer. Look for divine appointments and God sightings. Commit to fasting, maybe once a week or an extended fast. Continue saturating in the Word. Keep a prayer journal. Make a live streams prayer appointment. Attend the Breakthrough Weekend, which is going to happen at the end of August. At the end of this sermon series we're doing, we're going to have a Holy Spirit Breakthrough Weekend where we're going to welcome His wind and fire to come in and destroy any last vestiges of any of those walls of partition in our hearts. Pursue God together. Attend a prayer gathering. We've got all the prayer gatherings listed there, both in St. Paul and Minneapolis. Please note, starting this Tuesday night, at 7 p.m. to make it available to more people. We will be having prayer both here in St. Paul as well as there in Minneapolis. 7 p.m. BCF St. Paul, Minneapolis, Tuesday nights. There's Tuesday noon. There's, tu- uh, there's also Thursday all day long. Thursday evening for the women. Sundays before service both in St. Paul and Minneapolis. Prayer connections one-on-one with friends in a small group. Outpourings. The Breakthrough Weekend. You can do um, digital prayer connections. Join the prayer chain. Get on the email prayer chain. Get connected. Join on Facebook. Post a prayer on our Bethel Facebook page. Not just prayer requests, but post a prayer. Something that you're seeking the Lord about. You're praying into Him about. It's time, people. The zeal of the Lord is here. He will accomplish. He's not going to be denied. It's time to live in and out of our calling to believe. We are a place to believe, a place of spirituality that's rooted in Christ. We are to be a joyful community, passionately pursuing the, and hosting the presence of God. I want to live there, don't you? Hello, at least Ken Holmgren does. Anybody else? Yeah? Let's stand together. If you just want to respond right now, we're going to just worship the Lord. I'm going to give a benediction in a moment. Thank you for your patience. It's been a full morning with baptism and breakfast and everything else. And we started late and we're ending late. But you know what? It's all right. God's in no hurry. You won't beat the Baptist to the buffet today, but it'll be all right. Come on. If you want to come on down front here, just respond. I invite you to do so. Just if, if, if your heart is stirred up and you're just saying, Lord, I want you to return in my life. Lord, I want your glory. Lord, I want, I want to be a part of hosting your presence. Come on, step out right now. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just step down. Come on. Let's cry out together. Jesus, we want you. We need you. Lord, come, Lord. Come on, begin to lift your voice and cry out.
open your hands just open your hands right now Lord Jesus with open hands we open our hearts we open our lives Lord We want more of you, but we know that you want more of us. Christ in you, hope of glory. You are in Christ. He is in you. Lord, I stand before this people. But more than that, I stand before you today. My heart, God, is full from your goodness, grace, and mercy. And from that full place, Lord, I want to pronounce a blessing upon this people today. So with open hands, receive the blessing of the Lord right now, right here. I pray that you will be filled to overflowing with the immeasurable love of God the Father. That the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son will penetrate into the very deepest places of your heart and life. And that your arms will be held up by the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit. As you go from this house to your house, sent to make disciples of all nations, sent with the name of Jesus upon your lips. Until we gather again, either in this house or our eternal house, I pray that the blessings of the Lord will chase you down and that His goodness and favor will be a banner over your life and over those that you touch and over this house all to the glory and honor of the one whose name is above every other name. The name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Say it with me, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Go in His goodness today. Share the love of the Lord. These guys are going to continue to lead us in worship. You're welcome to stay. Pick up your kids from our children's workers and thank them and give them our love. And thank these guys and let's do it. All right.